Hi everyone, my name is M. Hollister Graves from the United Kingdom, and I would like to welcome you to the Romantic Truth Podcast. Please be advised that the content of the show is for adults 18 and over. And now, here's your host, Zhaozhen. Hi everyone, Johnson with you here, Romantic Truth Las Vegas. I hope everybody's doing well. I'm hanging in there. Thanks for asking, I guess, when you didn't ask. <laughs> but anyway, things are going pretty cool. Heart goes out to the people in Maine. Um, that was an atrocity. Um, really sad. Blessings out to the people and the listeners there in Maine. Heart's with you. Hope they catch the guy. It's really a tragedy. It didn't have to happen. For my listeners in Israel, Palestine, Beirut, Syria, Jordan, Egypt, I hope at some point we can come to a resolution where we can finally have peace in the region. This has gone on too long. Too many people have lost their lives. I'm not talking about the recent events. I'm talking about those events that have taken place for the last 75 years. It's about time that we look at treating each other better. Let's try giving that a shot for a change. I know we have our differences throughout the world over different things, different matters, different philosophies, beliefs, different aggressions. But hopefully we can come to a solution one day where we can all get along. I know this sounds very utopian, but hopefully that will be something that may be in the cards for us, hopefully. All right. Crystal cared not to have me share her location, writes the following. Justin, I listened to your show, and there was one episode when you were talking about men with ED and separated women in particular. I'm a separated woman, and I left my husband because he has erectile dysfunction. I'm 42 years old. He's 63. I tried my best with him. Things just didn't work out. I'm not sitting here trying to qualify anything. Yes, I do have guilt because I left him in a bad situation. He gave me permission to start sleeping with other people. I really didn't like that arrangement and I thought it was disrespectful to do it in our home. So I moved out. I'm still married to him and more than likely will still be married when he passes away or when I pass away. I have no intentions of marrying again, but I had no idea that it would be as tough as it has been. All of us separated people are not bad people. I just wanted you to know that, Crystal. Crystal, I never once said that all of anything. You'll never hear me say all of anything on this show because if it was all of one thing in this world, everybody would be on the same page. Sometimes people try to be inclusive and they write in, they want to talk about, oh, that's not all. Uh, you're only talking about some. Usually those are the people that have the guilt for the decision that they made, whatever it was. Crystal, what I'm saying is this. I've known a lot of women that have left their husbands, cheated on their husbands because of erectile dysfunction. It could be side effect from medication. It could be sugar diabetes. It could be a lot of things. I had a friend of mine years ago that I used to work with. He left the company, got a better job, doing very well for himself. 
he got injured on the job. And when the lifestyle went, so did his wife. She divorced him immediately. She didn't want to be taking care of anybody. She didn't want to go and change his diaper. She didn't want to do all this other shit. You see, one of the hardest things to come to the realization of is when you're in a relationship and you are depending on your partner, you're hoping you made the best choice when it comes down to integrity in the partner that you chose. If I were married to a woman, no matter what happened, I'm a husband, I'm with her. Plain and simple. Because when you make a decision and you honor a commitment, you don't do it half-assed. You go in all the way. You're all in or not at all. Now, you can have limitations on things. Don't get it twisted. If you're dealing with someone and they drop an X factor on you, for instance, they'll say something like, after you've started the relationship, I have a problem with alcoholism. And you try to help them with it. They have to do the work. You have to give the support. If they're not willing to do the work, the only thing you're going to wind up doing is being an enabler, someone who's codependent, and someone who's watching somebody else self-destruct. I think you probably, and I'm just assuming, Crystal, I don't know you from a can of paint in Tennessee or Arkansas for that matter. I'm thinking you probably decided to extricate yourself from this situation because you wanted to protect them from you, your frustration, your anger, some of your feelings that you probably had. And there's a possibility you're in the changes of life where your hormone balance may be changing. So therefore your libido's up. But you got to remember one thing. If he could help it, I'm sure he would not want to have to deal with the situation he's dealing with. And I think sometimes people will take certain things that happen to a person as if it's a deliberate act. I'll give you an example. I've given this before. When I was at Santa Monica Pier one time, there was this couple, elderly, elderly couple. He was a little bit older than she was. And they were walking down the pier and she was all feisty, walking fast and everything. It was only obvious she had dyed her hair, had a breadstalk in it, all those things. And he was an older guy that looked like an older guy. And he was on the cane. And he couldn't keep up with her. It was hot that day. So he sat down and people asked him if he needed water or anything. She's going down the pier and then she comes back. Oh, he's my husband. You don't have to worry about him. He's just lazy, blah, 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 blah. And she's going through all the throes of uh, belittling him because of his health condition. This man was dehydrated. They had to wind up calling the paramedics for him. And she was still standing there embarrassed by him. You'll find more women do this to men than men do this to women. Because society won't tolerate it. They won't tolerate a man belittling a woman like that. But in our society, we have cutouts for women, but not for men when it comes down to that. There are women on dating apps that won't date a man over 50, and she could be 65. And the reason being, I don't want to deal with a man with ED. I don't want to deal with a man with Viagra. I don't want to deal with a man on Cialis. And many times they don't realize 
Those younger men, they're only gonna be with you until they think they're fucking their mom or grandma. I'm just gonna be honest with you. I told you 45 was my cutoff when I was in my 20s. And I would hear those women, some of them talk about older men like they weren't shit. I got me a young man. When I would hear that, first thing that came to mind, okay, this is a fucking forget. Mm -mm. You're going to pull me into that shit. I'm not going to be a little poster boy. So you can show off to your girlfriends. Mm -mm. Sorry. That's not my portfolio. I understand what you did, Crystal. You separated from him to save face. And to save him the humiliation of you being in a portion of the house and him hearing you get your back your back blown out by another man. I get it. But see, another factor that comes in that people don't talk about is the way some of the guys treat the women prior to them getting sick. One thing my mom taught me and my dad, they said eventually we're going to get sick and we're going to be a burden on you. And we're going to try to lighten that burden as much as possible. And they told me that they might who knows, have dementia or something like that. What they made abundantly clear to me was, forgive me if that happens to me. I have no control over it. I was fortunate and that never happened, but they turned on me. But I've seen people where that has happened. I've dated a woman where that has happened on her where her mom totally turned against her and she was a bitch, whore, and everything else. And yet, her daughter was dutiful and took care of her mom. The way you treat people, and that's one thing I learned from my mother and dad, especially my mom, because she was the one that was really a stickler about me treating people properly in life. She said, the reason why you do this is because you never know who you'll have to deal with again in life. It's the one thing to keep in mind. Make damn sure that the people that you kick out of your life, that you never have any need or use for them again. So I had to be very careful, even when I broke up with women, Because you never know. You never know. Hell, I went in for a job interview one time at a radio station. It, it was awkward because I got there. And one of the ladies on the interview panel was someone I had slept with. I had met her in a club. We had did our thing that night. I was waking up the dead. She told me, she said, I don't know if you want this job because it doesn't pay what they're saying it pays. Oh, really? Yeah, you might want to go and try this other station. And I did. And it was remote, meaning that I did the show in the studio, but it was broadcast at a later date somewhere else. And it paid a hell of a lot more than what I was making. But she kept it really simple. We had dinner, we had more sex, and then we never saw each other again. <laughs> but that was what the terms that she wanted. I was
was saying to myself, damn, I must have been that bad in bed. But no, what it was, she was planning on moving back to New York. And I had no problem with that. But you have to be very careful on how you treat people. So Crystal, just treat him with dignity at least. You seem to be on that track so far. Just keep going with it. Now, what we're going to talk about today, I'll tell you what, take a break here and we'll come back. And just a moment. I met Jao San on holiday at the farmer's market in Los Angeles two decades ago. I sat on this lap in a sundress without panties, feeling nine and a half inches of passion parting my butt cheeks and got the rise of my life. It was a long, hard night and I was sore the next morning, but in a good way. With every stroke, he took the breath from my lungs. My back arched and mouth opened. My eyes rolled to the back of my head. He made me feel like a love zombie. His dick throbbed so hard inside me that I thought it was my own heartbeat. Alright folks, now one of the toughest things to do in a relationship, I'm talking about after you've gotten into one, and it's filled with a bunch of acrimony, resentment. I want to particularly talk about people who think that they have settled for their partner. Now, you're treated differently by your partner when they feel as though they have settled for you. You see a lot of women talk about this in particular, more so than men. Most time guys are happy just to get with a decent woman. Some women have that thing sometimes where they say, damn, I could have done better. As I told you before, the toughest question to ever ask while you're in a relationship to your partner is, honey, am I the best you could absolutely do? That question has broken up a lot of couples. Especially when she says something like, let's change the subject, let's talk about something else. Yeah. She may feel as though she could have done better. Now, it all depends on expectations. You have some people that haven't given up the fight. And when I say given up the fight, I'm talking about individuals that may look at relationships, for instance, as a come up. So they're with a man that has a stable job that's providing for her. And she somewhat loves him. She may not be in love with him, but she loves him. And there's a distinction. And so she goes through the process of being a dutiful wife or girlfriend. Meanwhile, there's this thing inside of her that says, girl, you know you can do better than him. Now, in some instances, it's justified. If he's made a lot of promises and never came through, this is one of the reasons why, fellas, I only make promises to women that I already know I can fulfill because I've already done the work on it. I'm not going to sit there and make a promise and look like a damn fool when I can't deliver. And just as I promise them things, I will promise them that I can't do things. 
I'll never forget, I went out with a lady one time right in Los Angeles. And I picked her up in my Mercedes, the 78 Mercedes I had. And she's like, you mean to tell me we're riding in this? I said, yes, it's clean. Uh, whenever I take it to valet, they park it in the front. It has everything from the factory it had when it was first built, including the paint. The interior is not ripped. Everything is fine in it. Yeah, but it's a 78. It's old. And I'm like, okay. If you don't want to ride in, you don't have to. Oh, let's go on. So we go. And we get to the restaurant. She wouldn't let it go. You know, I really like the new Jaguar. You should get a Jaguar. One of the convertibles. And I told her, I said, I would do that for you. She said, well, you should. After all, I'm a good looking woman. And I said, why don't you buy your own Jaguar? Hmm, if I could afford it. This is coming from a person driving a Toyota Corolla, 1992 model. I think it was 98 or 99 during that year. And I said, we don't have to be together. We could be friends. Well, no, I didn't mean to upset you or what she was doing was trying to test me to see if I'll be gullible. And she's like, well, why don't we stop on Sunset by Hornberg Jaguar and look at the cars? I said, why don't we not, why do we, why do that? We don't need to do that. And she's like, well, why not? I said, well, I'll tell you what, why don't I take you there and you can neander around. So we go there. I get out of the car. I knew one of the salesmen because he had sold Monica, well, her Monica, Monica's dad, her Jaguar for a birthday. And of course, a girl wanted to test drive. And she's like, oh, we should test drive. I said, oh, no, 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 no. I said, this is as far as I go. I'll let you live out that fantasy. So she gets back in the car. She's upset with me, doesn't want to talk to me. But just take me home, gladly. I took her home. She calls me up. It's about maybe three months later. I throw it in my face. Guess what I got? Hell, I don't know, baby. I got a Jaguar. Wonderful. What model did you get? XJ12. I said, oh, you know, that's a 12-something. It's going to drink a lot of gas. Yeah, I know, but I think I'll be able to afford it. A year later, this lady called me back. She got evicted from her apartment and lost the car. She was barely hanging on to the payments on the car. She had to go to co-signer. Living beyond her means, but yet wanted to put the demand on me to do the same. Fellas, this is something you're going to have to learn. Her demands, if it's not feasible or plausible, mm -mm. she was used to people promising her stuff. She asked the guy, how much would you give him for a trade-in for his car? Said, what the hell are you talking about? I'm doing fine when my car is paid off. I got the damn pink. I got every possible part that could go out in my car in the trunk. And I could fix it myself. I'm sitting there talking that kind of crap. But this is what you have to deal with. And see, the sad thing, too, a lot of these women have not made it. But yet, they want to act like they have arrived. And many of you guys will go and bust your last nut to make sure 
that you're trying to keep pace with her demands. I remember one time, another lady I'd gone out with, she was talking about the purse that she wanted to buy, the shoes, like $3,000 purse, and these $2,200 shoes, it was up on some shop boutique in Melrose she wanted to go to. And what though, those shoes looked like nothing. And she was like, well, do you think I'll ever have these shoes on set? She said, no, it's a handmade limited edition. And after she realized that the lady I was with couldn't afford them, you know, she went on and started dealing with other customers. And she's like, oh, she's rude. I'm like, no. She realizes that you don't have the resources to buy the shoes. You're window shopping. That woman's on commission. She's trying to make a living. You're sitting up here trying to make a statement. Two different things. And see, the, the problem was this for me, with this particular individual. Everything she mentioned was associated with money and status. And I asked her one question. It pissed her off too. I said, being that you'll spend about $3,000 for a purse, how much did you spend on your education past high school? Yeah, I was very popular after asking that question. Take me home. Oh, no problem. You're an asshole. No problem. The first investment a person should make is in themselves. Not in the things. Things wear out. Your knowledge is something they can never take away from you. Get that first. Then go buy the other shit if you need to buy it. But some people find their identity in being seen and being known like the lady that used to be known for wearing Ole Cassini and all the rest of those uh, designers. Nobody really knew her name. We call her the Chanel lady. Some people call her the Oleg lady. Nobody really gave a fuck about her. Only thing the women would do is, oh, now, girl, that's a nice dress, that's a nice outfit. That'd be it. Nobody really cared. And the guys that would dance with her, they would only dance with her because they thought she had money. Now, I know a lot of you live down on nightclubs and singles mixers and the singles lifestyle in general. But here's the thing you got to realize. You will get an education in knowing some of the things to look out for and to avoid that will help you make better decisions with people. I'm not saying you got to hang out at a bar nightclub or anything like that all the time or anything like that. But what I am saying, the exposure makes you more aware. I used to see people that, oh, I hate these singles mixers. It's my first time here and my girlfriend wanted me to come and and these people are low life and she was, I'm like, like, <laughs> you don't even know these people. You're talking shit already. But they do. And guys present themselves falsely too, as we know. And fellas, you know you get in trouble with that shit because ladies, let me tell you something. By the time you find out you've been bullshitted by a guy, he's already implemented his exit strategy with you. He knows that it's not gonna last long. At best, three dates. And most of the guys will try to be a three down dude. They go out three times and sleep with them. Once. 
lot of guys have that down. They're going to try the first night, second night. They get a third night. They're going to damn sure try for that third night. And they're going to agree with everything you ask of them. And once they're done, they're done. And they led you down this road of delusion. One thing that I would strongly suggest that you ladies never do, and I've had this done to me a couple of times. How much do you make an hour? I don't work hour have a salary. How much do you make in salary? It's none of your damn business. We're just starting to talk. I don't even know if I like you being in my face yet. And of course, after that, it happened several times with other women. I just got a little personal with them. So how much you make a month? What size panties you wear? Huh? Seriously, what size panties you wear? That's none of your business. But he kind of gets a drift of where I'm coming from. Well, just because I'm a man, and you think that I got to go and put on a showboat for you, that I got to just open up my wallet and tell you, no. It might have worked on the weaker men. I'm not going to work here. Maybe you can go and retry that again. More in a moment, folks. All right, Randy out of Dallas, Texas writes the following. Man, I've been dating this girl for a while. I met her on match. Things seem to have been popping. We were together now for about three weeks. Well, last night, we were going to do to do at my place. Everything was fine until she took off her jeans. Dude, the whole room smelled like tuna fish. No joke. I took it upon myself to grab a... Oh, my God. I'll read it. I took it upon myself to grab a can of Febreze and it starts spraying towards her. I put on a condom and I still had sex with her, but I don't think she's going to be coming back anytime soon. What's wrong with these women? I would ask the question, what's wrong with your ass? That you would actually Febreze, dude? Really? And she stayed there that you fuck. I hope you bullshit. I really hope you bullshit. I really hope you bullshit. I sent you an invitation to come on the show to state your case. You and the lady, if you so desire. She was so... Mm. Now, I've had that experience too now. Don't get it twisted. Got this lady back to my apartment one night. I should have known because she was just smothered in perfume. I think it was Elizabeth Taylor Passion she was wearing. And I used to hate that shit. She bought me some for men. And I put some of that shit on. You can shower and scrub. That shit's still in your pores. I wound up throwing away a couple of clothes because of that. But she came to that damn apartment that night. And something told me, because even in the car when I was bringing her, I was like, God damn, she's got a lot of on. 
She got the mind place. I guess I need to go shower. When she took off her clothes, whoo. Have you ever smelled a smell that was so putrid? You automatically start heaving. Shit, I thought the windows were gonna automatically open up themselves and say, God damn, man, what? I couldn't do it. I could not do it. And even after she showered, the smell was still there because she didn't. It's natural. You're not supposed to wash down there. No water's supposed to go down there. We sat up the whole night watching HBO and Showtime. Her ass suddenly went into the couch. I sat on the other. Then I took my ass to bed and she slept on the couch in the living room. It was not going to happen. Nope. Living room was hunting. Cassie came over to visit the next day. She said, damn, who was in your... I said, <laughs> he said, honey, no, we got to go and get something to play this up. Went to the 99 cent store and bought a whole bunch of damn that carpet fresh and everything. There's some women that like that because that's where they were brought up. That's all they know. And they think it's fine. There's some men that are like that. Walking around with duck butter. For those of y'all don't know, Duck butter is a buildup of smegma. Smegma is bacterial residue that builds up around some guys that don't get circumcised. I learned that in biology class years ago. And actually, women have a form of it behind the hood of the clitoris. Sometimes it'll build up there. But one thing that I will say. That's the first time I've ever heard some shit like that. Spray it. You sprayed her ass with for Now I've heard of people back east when the clothes were kind of mildewed, they'd spray their kids, they'd spin them around and spray them with Febreze and send them out the door on the bus. <laughs> this shit. So you got an invite to the show, man. That's the damn show. <clears throat> but it happens. Catherine writes the following. And Catherine is out of Memphis, Tennessee. I've been listening to your show now for about three months. Still trying to get my head around what you talk about because it seems like you go for different subjects. I'm used to shows where they would talk about one specific thing and stay on focus with that one thing. You seem to be all over the place. I guess that's your style. And I guess I have to get used to that. My question to you is this. What is it when a man won't commit and you've been with him for about eight months? We don't have a title in our relationship yet. And I'm just hoping that something will happen soon because there's another guy that I've met and he's really eating this guy's lunch right now. Your thoughts, please. Why are you holding yourself up for this guy? What this already proves is that you're into him more than he's into you. How many times did you ask him for a commitment? And how soon did you ask it? Because see, that's one of the problems many women have. They ask for a commitment too soon. And the guy has yet to see a vision or a view for the relationship to evolve or exist. And if he doesn't see it, that woman is in a rush. The first thing we think about is that when a woman is in a hurry to get a commitment to go on, we look at it from this perspective. She's probably doing it so she could justify having sex. 
That's one thing, because a lot of women do that. They want that commitment so they don't feel guilty giving up the goods. Second thing, she may want to start a family very quickly. Thirdly, she may be rebounding from a past relationship in order to have a commitment from someone so she can show you off like a brand new toy. So we approach a woman who's coming across with commitment so quickly as someone with the, an agenda. So she becomes very suspicious to us. She becomes a person of interest. <laughs> and so we have to kind of slow up on that because there's an agenda. And of course, the fourth one is she's looking for a place to stay. Now, fellas, let me tell you something. And I've seen this happen. It happened to me a couple of times. You meet a lady. She wants to go home with you. Bring her to your place, right? Now, she tells you, oh, you know what? I need to go over, uh, back to my place and get a few things. Now, what she's planning on doing is camping out with you. And what do most guys feel to ask a woman who does something like this? How long do you plan on staying here? Because they know if they say that, it will blow their chances of sleeping with them. But now guys, let me tell you something else. You should also have some rules. One of the rules that I had was, if you were female and you were not related to me, and we were in proximity of each other at my residence, there would be a high probability some fucking is going on. <laughs> a lot of my female friends knew that. So she knew if she said, uh, you know what, I'm gonna sleep over. We gonna get some dick. Okay, whatever. Let them know up front. Now, there were occasions that, of course, that didn't happen. Friends of mine, that kind of thing. But for the most part, I had that as kind of like a standard policy to keep those women who basically wanted to get a foothold in your place and then tell you, oh, you know what? I, I need something to wear because we're going out later on tonight. It's like, well, we met last night and you want to go home, get something so you can get dressed here to go out tonight with me and um, that ain't no overnight bag that's a damn suitcase you gotta nip it in the bud real quick cause if you don't and here's the reason why you don't want to have her do this especially very soon until you, like I always say 18 months at least before you think about cohabitating. Get a chance to know them. You wanna meet them, I mean, not meet them, but be in a place where you can see how they act in their own environment, if permissible, in another mutually uh, remote environment, like a hotel or somewhere like that, over time. And of course, your place. Now, if you see a consistency in the person you might have something decent. If you see where they're treating the hotel room like it's trash, you gotta really think about that for a moment. Now she's not gonna do your place like that, hopefully. She's not gonna do her place like that. But what that means is that when it comes to other people's property, she may be negligent. Well, you know, they, they can afford it, their hotel. Shit like that will cost you money because she fucks up something in that room, it's on you. Now, the other thing as well. 
the reason why you don't want her moving in so quickly, some women are very slick. They'll start having mail delivered to your place. And let me tell you one of the main things that they will try to have sent to your place. Insurance billing. Especially, because they used to do this shit in L.A. all the time, in California, all the time. I used to get hit with friends of mine in L.A. wanting to go and register a car in Orange County where I live. No, you weren't doing that shit. You weren't playing that game. So they get a lower insurance rate. Mm-mm. I help you with your little fraud scheme. Once they start getting mail at your residence, they're going to try to establish like they live there. That's going to make it harder for you to get them out. You still don't know this person, right? Oh, she's going to make it cozy. She's going to give you all the pussy in the world, all the head, probably give you anal. She's going to do everything in the world. This is going to be the best sex you ever got in order for her to get that foothold. And then she'll start leaving her items there. Oh, she, and let me tell you, when she get promoted and she sees it, she will start hanging her shit up in the closet next to yours. Might even divide the clothes up. This is your side of the closet. This is mine. Well, I'm paying all the rent here, so I don't see how the hell you got a say in anything. Oh, honey. Oh, honey, my ass. Fellas, I'm telling you. Because, see, a lot of times you'll be so happy you're getting a pussy on a consistent basis that this is like, oh, this is cool. But you still got to learn the things about her first. See, a lot of people moved in together, especially during COVID, because of convenience, crisis situation. And then after they got together, some of them realized, hey, you know what, this shit ain't working. And then, fellas, you got to watch the takeover. Had a friend of mine. He went through that. He was a good guy because she was sleeping with him all the time, giving him all anything he wanted. Physically. He had threesomes and everything going with her. <laughs> Old girl got up in the captain's chair in, in that relationship. Ordered more cam, more channels of cable. Did a PR move over there at the uh, rental office with the manager. Became her buddy. Then eventually tried to get her name on the lease, but she couldn't do it until she talked to him. Fortunately for him, he didn't add her on. She was more popular in his apartment complex than he was. People bringing over food and everything else. He's like, man, you know, I don't know about this shit. This shit's getting out of hand. I need to talk to her. I said, yeah, you should have started talking to her a long time ago. And about seven months in, she told him she was pregnant. She was. I think we need to move to a bigger place. And they did. And he had to make that long-ass commute from the Inland Empire to Los Angeles every day because they bought a house. And you complain to me, man, I'm on the road all this time, got to sit in traffic. She thinks I'm cheating because I stay in a hotel because I get tired. I said, uh, yeah, she got your ass. The problem was he wasn't prepared for her. And he just went and nodded his head to everything she said until it was too late and he had buyer's remorse. I'll admit she was a pretty girl, but he was so happy to have an attractive woman because he thought he couldn't do any better.
He thought that for sure. This is it. I can't do any better. And of course, what did she think? She was settling. Oh, I can do better than you. But not yet. We'll talk more in a moment. romantic truth appreciate your listenership listeners you're invited to stream and listen to jawson's music on apple music amazon music spotify audio mac or deezer type in jausan in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography the views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of the host and are not condoned or endorsed by romantic truth anchor or any of its affiliates the advice given herein is the expressed opinion of the host and not to be used for legal, marital, or family, counseling, or for professional practice purposes. In the event for professional assistance, please contact the local licensed professional family counselor, marriage counselor or social services professional in your region. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255 available 24 hours all correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show be advised that all of the background music of production not provided by anchor is owned by james adams and jaws and one music exclusively licensed for this romantic truth podcast under waiver please understand that there were no people or animals hurt in the segments of this show including plants all sound effects were improvised in the studio setting with props we are an equal opportunity employer with two Yorkie Poodles and a Rat Terrier as the security detail. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams. <laughs>